You're listening to Danny and Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. We're taking you around the diamond. Thanks to Shane Company, your friend in the jewelry business. Justice Sheffield going to be on the mound for the Mariners today. A little early game, a little morning baseball for everybody. We've already had one trade. In the books, the Mariners acquiring Jack Bowers, who's in the lineup today. He'll be playing first base. Jack Mayfield. Jack Mayfield, but Jack did not hit. Jack has been designated for assignment. Nobody's going to comment on that. There's no general groan. No, mm. no, no, no acknowledgement. No, no acknowledgement of the comic stylings there. No, no, no. We, we can't. We can't allow it. We can't allow we're, it. We're going to have Jerry Depoto, who's going to join us here in just a second. Do you find yourself distracted from the major league results right now? You've got Jared Kelnick in AAA, a team that is kind of bobbing up and down at about 500. You've got some interesting stories, but right now Jake Fraley and and Dylan Thomas are guys that came through big for the team last night, but they're not necessarily sort of the brick and mortar of the long-term future of this team. I really enjoyed last night's game because I think it's fun to have those sort of unlikely heroes crop up over the course of a season. Yeah, I mean, Jake Fraley last night saved the game with his glove and gave you the go-ahead run with his bat. And you also had Jake Fraley making an absolutely incredible catch in the outfield in the ninth inning. And whenever you get Aaron Goldsmith's voice to crack, it, it, and anytime when, when you get Aaron Goldsmith's voice to crack, it is time to go ahead and, and listen to him go. Paredes clubs this to left field. Fraley leaps and Fraley made the catch. Are you serious? Shed gets two. Wow. Unreal. Voice cracks are good. Voice cracks are good in the midst of a call. You know who I really appreciate who has them from time to time and he's one of my favorite college football broadcasters? Sean McDonough. I like him. I like hearing them from time to time. Shows emotion and surprise at the same time. Was the catch cooler than the game-winning rally in the 11th? Yes. Was the, ca- was the catch that, that, that was made more it was memorable a, than it was knocking a in play. five runs? He did. He doubled him off. It was a heck of a play, and, and then you add that afterwards. It's been impressive what he's been doing. I mean, I thought when he came back up, especially the first couple at-bats that we saw from him, that it was just going to be walks and walks and some more walks, but... Now, it's more than that. He's delivering at the plate and in the field. Well, it is time for us to talk with the Mariners general manager. Jerry DePoto joins us for our weekly visit with him. Jerry, first of all, thanks so much for taking the time. You got it, guys. Glad to join. It was a night of unlikely heroes last night. and We were talking about how cool it was to see someone, uh, Dylan Thomas, who has played for so long in the minor leagues, and to have a moment where he made that catch in the second inning and then had an RBI single, and then you throw on Jake Fraley, who's actually been producing really consistently for you guys since he's come back from injury. Yeah, I mean, first on Dylan, I just think it's so cool when when players get opportunity after going through the grind. And, you know, in Dylan's case, it took him from, you know, a, a decade in the minor leagues, a, a brief stop in the independent leagues, and obviously signing with us as a, a minor league free agent and, and I think something that that has worked out for both of us so really glad for for him and for us I think it's a, a good thing and in Jake's case I think the the positive contributions really go back to to spring training and you know he he made a transition about the end of the first week or, or seven to ten days in spring training 
And since that time, there's been such a consistency to his approach. And, you know, he's swinging at the right pitches and, and he's doing the things that we saw him do consistently when he was playing regularly in 2019, you know, prior to last year, which, which was mostly just a punt for, for a lot of players. And, and in Jake's case, we're starting to see all of the upside that, that he showed back in 19. And on both sides of the ball, which was never more evident than it was at a, at a critical time in last night's game. Jerry, you've been wheeling and dealing this morning. You acquired Jake Bowers from the Cleveland Indians, a first baseman and outfielder, 25 years old. What can you tell us about Jake, and why did you make the move? Uh, first, I'll say that you know credit Justin Hollander, our AGM, for, for putting the deal together. He's the one that was wheeling and dealing on this one. <laughs> um, but... Jake is 25 years old. Uh, he has always been a name and, and you know, prospect rankings or, or we've thought very highly of him coming from, you know, literally from high school through the Padres and Rays systems and then on to the Indians. Still fits. You know, he's he's 25. He's got just under two years of major league service. He's He's done a lot of really interesting things along the way. And like with a lot of our players, we see a something happening under the hood and his pitch selection and his exit velocities that, that intrigue us enough that we think giving him some run here while we have opportunity is a, is a wise thing. And, and hopefully it leads to good outcomes for both of us where he's here for a while because positionally he fits for us. He plays both first base and corner outfield positions, left-handed hitter, and it gives us a, a good bit of versatility, which we've always been fond of. He also is, as you said, played plays first base. Evan White, I, I've read, is is scheduled, expected to start his rehab assignment in Tacoma. What's what's the plan for for Evan? Is it a matter of him just getting healthy and showing that he's healthy and confident in the hip, or will he be? Will you be looking for a little bit more from him in AAA before you would promote him back to the big team? You know, we're just going to assess week to week and, and see where Evan is, and, and we'll do the same with the rest of the players as they go out and start their rehab assignments like we did with Shed Long. And, you know, once we see that, that they are healthy and they are back to their normal, uh, I guess, performance you know, uh, norms, uh, then we'll go ahead and make a decision on when to add them back to the big league club. But it could, be, it could be as quick as a week or 10 days. It could be, you know, twice that long. We'll see how it goes. Evan's been out for a while. And, you know, the injury he had wasn't a simple one. So we're going to want to see him get out there and play regularly and, and play back-to-back days and, and do the things that, that we expect him to, to do once he arrives back in Seattle. So sometime in the next, let's call it, you know, 10 to 20 days, we'll make a decision on, on Evan's return. And I expect it's probably going to be somewhere right in the middle of that. We're talking to Jerry DePoto, uh, Mariners general manager, our weekly visit with him. Jerry, the last segment, was, we were talking about kind of the idea of prospects and how they develop. And I think people that watch the game, like, like us, and, and kind of try to our best to analyze it, think of it as a, as a sort of either-or proposition, like ready or not. Ready and, and all, all done or rushed. And, those, and that's probably not an accurate reflection of how player development works. So I, I wonder, just from your from your position as as a GM and overseeing the development of a young player, how would you characterize kind of what happened for Jared Kelnick, b- both in the big leagues and kind of what you're hoping for now? Uh, like you said, Danny, it's a player development is not a binary thing. It's not always yes or no, or or is he or isn't he? It's it takes time, and I think a great representation of that is, is really what we're watching right now with J.P. Crawford, who's 
uh, a thousand plate appearances into his major league career. And I think we're, we're starting to see him do consistently do the things that we think he can over the long term. And, you know, Jared got his first opportunity in the big league at a very young age with a very, let's call it low, uh, level of experience due to the, the pandemic, which is mm-hmm. a part of this generation of, of player development. So somewhere less than 800 plate appearances and, and moved on to a major league roster at 21 with an exceptionally high level of talent and, and really baseball IQ. So you know, I thought it was the right time to, to challenge him. Uh, this is why players have options and, and we can use our system to, to help complete the player development process. But it just started moving a little fast for Jared when he started chasing results. That's the the bottom line. And if we can get him back to focusing on process and doing the things that he does so well, I suspect he'll be here sooner than later and and start contributing in in really positive ways. And that's our job. It's to determine when tapping brakes is is a, is the right move and when challenging them, you know, through the, the struggles and battling through that adversity is the right move. And, and hopefully this is the right time and, and we can get back on track. He even admitted, as you had just said, that he had started to press and, and you just repeated something you said earlier this week, uh, a moment ago that he's going to find himself quickly and be back in the big leagues in, in no time. That sounds sooner rather than later. Is there an expected timeline for Kelnick's return? Well, we can't really put an expected timeline on it because I wouldn't have put an expected timeline. I, my my goal or our goal when we promoted him to the big leagues was that he would never go back. <laughs> and, you know, he would play another 20-year major league career and, and, and do wonderful things. But, you know, you just have to adjust like we're asking him to. So, uh, like we mentioned with Evan White, you know, in his case due to injury and Jared due to trying to, to find a consistency in his process, that could be very quickly when you're talking about players at these skill levels. And uh, he, he tends to adapt quickly. And that's, a, that's been a regular occurrence through his development to this point. And I suspect it will be again. And, you know, our, our hope is that as we get to the all-star break, that we see a, a, a lineup on the field that is reflective of what we think uh, our, our future you know, championship clubs are going to start to look like. And you can fill in the blanks. And that includes guys like Evan White and Kyle Lewis and, and Jared Kelnick and and the young players that you're starting to see already bust through. Guys like Jake Fraley and J.P. Crawford and, and hopefully Dylan Moore is a part of that sooner than later, coming back from his injury. You know, and, and that could include guys like Cal Raleigh in addition to the, the players who've already appeared in the big so that's a timeline we're looking for and, and, and hope that the second half of the season will be really fun to watch with all of our young players getting a ton of exposure. Dylan Thomas, I saw the note on Root Sports last night, it's the 50th player to appear in a game for the Mariners this year. It's the most of any franchise, which reflects the injuries that you guys have dealt with. If anything, how much time we've spent talking about the moves that you've had to make your team's one game under 500 in spite of all of those injuries, in spite of all of the setbacks that have come. And there is there is hope that, like with those younger players, it gets better. I, I don't want to overlook the accomplishment it is that, that your team has stayed so close to 500, even as a couple of different tough stretches. You've wondered, hey, maybe the injuries are just going to sink this ship. I think it's amazing. And, and I, you know, I can't say enough. It's almost always about the players. And, you know, in this case, the the – 
the guys that really stand out to me first are our players continue to grind. There's a new hero late every day. Guys like, you know, you mentioned yesterday with Dylan and, and with Jake Fraley, but it's been the, the last 30 days or so, the uprising of JP Crawford, it's been the general consistency of Mitch Hanniger and, and, and the two guys that I'd really like to cite as, as playing such a big part in what we're doing, you know, especially over this last month with having lost so much of our bullpen, uh, to the COVID IL are, are guys like Paul Seawald and JT Chagua who have done a phenomenal job in, in making sure that those late game leads are, are protected and, and that we are, you know, able to, to transition some of them into wins. And that's what's allowed us to tread water. And, and hopefully now as we see light at the end of the tunnel, coming out of all of these injuries, we're able to get these healthy players back. And, you know, we expect Kendall Graveman back very shortly and Dylan Moore you know both should be back for the next homestand like we said Evan White minimally by month's end and 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 we're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel we'll see Justin Dunn again this weekend and and hopefully be back close to whatever 100% looks like in a baseball season and and see how good we really are and and I think you guys have done a phenomenal job in keeping us close while we battled through all this so kudos to them. I will say this. I'm almost courageous enough to try and pronounce J.T. Chagua. Did I get it? <laughs> you got it. Shaggy. Oh, that's much so easier. nervous. Shaggy's much I've, easier. <laughs> I've, 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 I've avoided it. I've been terrified of doing it. Jerry, it's always good to talk to you, and we really appreciate your time and, and the insights you always provide. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jerry. You got it, guys.